Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Friday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. Of course, this is the last one of the week. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, it is, and you know that. Anyway, we begin with the Let Fans In campaign. It continues to push the issue of fans returning to stadiums in a safe way. The petition set up is approaching 200,000 signatures. A passionate Grimsby Town manager, Ian Holloway, who was on The Breakfast Show with Alan Brazil and Ali McQuist. They're on about, oh, we'll, we'll get you a package. You, you can borrow it. Well, when you borrow money, you've got to pay it back. And you normally got to pay it back more than you borrowed. Yeah. So that, that's not helping, is it? You know, there, there should have been some restrictions put in somewhere along the line. Why do, why do you need transfer fees being this astronomical these days? When's it ever going to stop, lads? You know, and the people at the top should be, should have, have limits on them, not, not the people at the bottom. Why put a limit on people at the bottom? Why, why make Sunderland only play out the same amount as Accrington when their crowd is however many thousand once we get back to football? It, a lot of it doesn't make sense, but what makes sense is how we feel about football. And our government needs to understand how we feel about football, how we feel about going out, how we feel about and try and make some of the places safe enough to do it. And I know it's new things we're going to have to learn, but we need to we need to make sure we're not blasé because this could kill other people, not necessarily the one who's got it. So we've got to really respect each other like we were brought up to do all those years ago by people who lived through life-changing things, which was the war. we got to make sure that the next few generations understand the suffering that's happened for us to be as lucky as we are at the minute. Yeah. And really, football's the icing on that cake. Now, the former Bristol City manager, Lee Johnson, spoke with James Savundra and has his thoughts on how the Premier League can help the EFL. I personally believe that you have to move a little bit more towards the sort of feeder club situation. I think that if you look at the top clubs and the bottom clubs or sort of lower down the pyramid, I think they should be given the opportunity to help the, the lower clubs, but also get something back. And I think the way to do that is to, is to potentially give free loans. Um, let's just take uh, Manchester City and Oldham, for example, because of the location and because of the fact that I used to manage Oldham before. The challenge for me in that would be to make sure that the club, i.e. Oldham Athletic, don't lose their identity. So how can we find a, a delicate balance that 
financially the bigger club can can help the smaller club in terms of players on the pitch the smaller club is giving the players and the, uh, Manchester City the vehicle um, to play these young hopefully British players uh, because I think that's important as well because we want Gareth Southgate to have the maximum pool possible to pick from uh, over a number of years um, and then I think that that will work absolutely perfectly obviously they already do it abroad um, in England it's always been frowned upon at the moment but uh, these are these are tough times and even if we trialled it for a couple of years I'm pretty sure it would end up being successful now back to the White Jordan show and the idea of Premier League B teams entering the Football League hasn't gone down too well it is the Premier League trying to have their cake and eat it they, they're resisting the homegrown rule they are resisting the uh, idea that we should be developing young players in this country for the benefit of this country um, I, you know uh, English players they're resisting the idea that our academies get rammed full of overseas players rather than, ta- than changing our own talent and they're trying to foist it down onto the league that they already ripped most of the compensation out of for the academies with the elite player performance program situation that was horribly phased in favour of the Premier League. I think it's outrageous. I understand the dynamics of getting these younger players to play. How about putting mandatory loan uh, situations inside players' contracts when they sign scholarship and first pro contracts? So they have to go out on loan to championship clubs and Premier League clubs pick up all the wages. So they start to help football rather than constantly look at themselves. I'm not having that at all. Manchester City reserve. They, the way they played a couple of weeks ago against Leicester, they wouldn't beat my team, my reserves. So I'd, I wouldn't want to see that. It's the greatest league in the world, the, the Division 1 and 2 after the Championship. Uh, it's been the, the, the towns that it, that, it, that it involves, every city, every little town who's got a football club. The English Football League is an amazing carry-on. We don't want bloody reserves from Manchester City or anybody else. Now, Chris Hewton spoke for the first time as new Nottingham Forest manager and knows the big challenge he's got ahead of himself. This was on the Jim White and Simon Jordan show. Having been brought in, I think there's always a reason and it's been a difficult start to the season and, and of course, a very difficult end to last season. And and first and foremost, it's about making sure that we we get enough good results and it's certainly in at the deep end with, uh, you know, seven games in 22 days. But yes, it's a big job. I see. I see as a, a big responsibility, and and one that I'm really up for this challenge. And you know, it's a big challenge. I mean, we can talk about Forest in the past, Chris, but right now, played four, lost four. So there's a lot to do. Yes, there is, and um, first and foremost, that's the the, the most important thing, uh, making sure that we can get some points on the board, get a little bit of confidence in in the the team. You know what. What I do have to remember, Jim, and, and I think most probably do, is that you know last season, apart from a period of time, you know overall was you know was a good season, and probably if I'm looking at expectations, I think some perhaps didn't expect them to to have as good a season for part of that season as they did last season. So it's there, but it's obviously getting them back to you know them confidence levels, and and we know in a game. Jim, so much can be about confidence and, and getting into, into a rhythm and you know that we have to do and, fairly, and do it fairly quickly. Chris, it's just struck me as we finish here, what are you going to do now? Because you've been getting used to listening to me and Jordan between 10 and 1. You've got to go out onto that training ground now. You, you've got to forget us, mate. 
what I've managed to do, I think I shall get somebody to record it and then the occasional days when I'm heading down the, the motorway on a day off, then, then perhaps I can put you on, Jim. Time to check in with Hawksby and Jacobs. Gareth Bale's agent, Jonathan Barnett, was on the show and he's delighted to see Gareth happy now he's back at Spurs. For me, the greatest thrill was to see him smile again. I think, as you can all have seen, he's had a hard time in the last couple of years um, getting stick from people who, knew, who know nothing about it, a lot in the press that know nothing about it. And now to see him smile and be happy is wonderful. He's back, he loves Tottenham, he always has, so he's very happy. We had offers from other places, he wasn't interested, but in Tottenham he was. It's interesting you say that about the press because they they didn't know anything about it, but all they did know was that here's a guy that is a brilliant, brilliant player but isn't playing and is earning a fortune, and that wasn't a great situation for him, so it's not a surprise that the press were interested in that. I don't think that was their main thing. I think... The press in both sides, also in obviously in, in uh, Spain, but in Britain as well, really look to knock their, their superstars down. Uh, we've got a very down press in, in Britain. And I think what they did with Gareth is an example of it. Instead of shouting how great he was and taking his side and looking at it, they come up with some of the most ridiculous statements ever. Things like, he's suffering because he can't speak Spanish. Well, it's written by somebody that knows nothing because, you know, he does speak Spanish. You know, it's all these sort of little things they write without checking their facts are actually pretty disgraceful. What were the other misconceptions then? There was other things that said there was, you know, the golf thing, of course. It was the same things that that kept kept appearing. Every single foot... No, sorry, not every single. A majority of footballers love and play golf. Hmm. It's nothing new... I've got a lot of footballers on my books and a lot of footballers play golf. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my whole life. I remember when Brian Lara, who I looked after, uh, needed on the one day when he did, went to break the world record and he needed to score another 40-odd runs and he's, the, he's, the game stopped. He got up 6 o'clock in the morning and went and played golf before just to ease his mind and get himself right to get on the pitch at 11 o'clock and then break the world record. People do things to enjoy themselves. Golf does not affect anything. It's a complete and utter ridiculous situation written by morons. Back now to The Breakfast Show with Alan Brazil and Ali McCoy, and we can hear from Stuart Pearce now. It's not been easy with Dave being away from it, but the one thing... Uh, he has done. He's been on top of every. Uh, he's watched every training session. Obviously, we got cameras at the, at the uh, training ground. He's he's guided the training. He's picked the team. He's made the substitutions. I've had to field one or two phone calls from him during a game. Probably about 120 per match. You know, so. <laughs> how has he, Piercy? How how has his health seriously? Well, he was back in. Uh, yesterday and he, he seemed pretty good you know what I mean in himself and whatever so um, it, it's brilliant to have him back I'm that's, that's great news because I was thinking if he stayed in the house he'd be manager of the year me <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, if we could guarantee that Ali I think we would swing in that direction as well mate. don't worry I mean how, how hard has that been Stu to actually have to do that and uh is he watching it on the TV? How is he watching it? Yeah, he's, I think he had one of the games streamed online, our Carabao Cup game. The other ones, he's <laughs> watching it on telly. And 
basically I'm sat in the stand and I've got a direct line with him. So anything that he sees, then I've also got a line down to the touchline or I'll have a wander down there. And it's taken the emotion out of it for him a little bit. And it's so difficult. I mean, I've watched games as a manager from from the technical area and, and you, you'd have been the same. When you're down at pitch level, you don't see the whole picture that you do, no. certainly either elevated or, or certainly on television at times, you know. So, But listen, he's been he's been really hands-on. I've got to say, Alan Irving's been brilliant with it as well. Yeah. Alan's taken over sort of uh, at the training ground level. But between the pair of them, they, they've been brilliant. And listen, Dave don't miss a trick, even if he's not in the building, you know, he's, yeah. he's on top of everything. Back now to the White and Jordan show and we can hear from Joshua Buatzi talking a bit of boxing. Is light heavyweight the natural weight for you or do you see yourself obviously getting hopefully a world title shot at light heavyweight but do you see your career path in other divisions? Um, for now, I'm so fixed in this division that I'm in. Um, I think until I win a world title here, I won't look, look elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? I think it's so important that this is the category that I'm in. I want to make sure I'm champion in this weight category. I've competed in this weight category all my career as an amateur. Um, so it's important that I do do something in this category and then we can look elsewhere, man. But I'm nowhere near, man. I'm, I'm, I haven't achieved the things that I want to achieve, but it's, it's a different question for a different time. But it's a natural division for you weight-wise? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Like heavyweight. Yeah. Now, England played Wales in an international friendly at Wembley yesterday. Here's how it sounded on Talk Sport. Drops the shoulder, right for the ball, clips across, 1-0 England. And almost inevitably, it's Dominic Calvert-Lewin with a debut goal, brilliantly set up by Grealish. High right for the free kick, swung in and he's put into the net for 2-0. And it's Connor Cody that has got the goal, missed a big opportunity in the first half, but he doesn't miss that. Floated up towards the edge of the six-yard box, Mings up for him, the overhead kick is a thing of beauty. England leading 3-0, Calvert-Lewin's first goal for his country Cody's first goal for his country and now Danny Ings is in on the act as well well I was pleased for the players because it's very difficult with such an inexperienced team um, to go out and be cohesive and to work out all the problems that the way that Wales pressed and the way they started the game was, was difficult and you've got players who are having their first touches in an England shirt and have, have only met each other some of them three days ago so I'm, I'm really pleased for them that they've got the, the win and that they got stronger as the game went on and um, some very good individual performances which is pleasing for us and gives us some food for thought and um, yeah for, for the boys especially to win the game and hopefully supporters at home to have enjoyed that um, that's, that's what makes it worthwhile I thought we were slow obviously starting in the first 20 minutes I think it took us a while to get used to the, the the system and obviously new faces playing with each other but I think once we did and we settled down we got the goal and, and kind of dictated the game I thought Wales they weren't really hurting us and we was we was comfortable in our shape and was just waiting for moments to to put the pressure on and, and score and score again I don't like to get too carried away you know I'm, I'm going to enjoy tonight and enjoy scoring the goal and and that's what I set out to do and you know if, if the manager decides to put me in I'll be more than ready to go and this was the reaction to that game on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Kevin Atchard, yeah. our European football expert, joins us. Hello, Kev. All right, Kev. How are we, chaps? We're well. When we came on air in the first hour, all three games were just about to go to penalties, and we know Republic of Ireland sadly lost, and then Scotland and Northern Ireland went through. We didn't really see the game, so tell us a, a bit more about, were, were Republic of Ireland unlucky to go out on pens? Did they deserve the win in normal time or not? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they probably did. And there were some missed chances. They had a fantastic chance uh, right in front of goal, uh, right at the end of the 90, which they, they weren't quite able to take. It got uh, blocked on the line and then they hit the post in extra time. So they did make chances to win the game. I thought they were the better team. But, you know, it, it, it's a really big setback for them because it's been a long qualifying campaign. Stephen Kenny obviously would have wanted to make a big, big impact early on. And so that's a really bitter mm. blow for them. Scotland-Israel was a real war of attrition over the 120 minutes. And you have to give Scotland credit because there were spells in the game where I thought Israel were really on top, really pushing for a winning goal. And once it went to penalties, the quality of the penalties from Scotland was sensational. A lot of these boys that he's picked tonight will never start a game for England or play again. So what's the point? Why doesn't he work with the players? Name Name those players. Phillips, he won't play. He won't start He he started the last game, started this one, so he started the last two. Yeah, but that's definitely... Tonight is a friendly against... You know, Wales with the greatest of respect. I mean, he ain't going to start against in the Euros. Yeah, okay, Cheb, you, could, you, argue, you could argue that Calvert Lewin won't start. He won't. So, what's the point of playing him tonight? Why start him? Genuine question. You're, you're a Plymouth fan, is that right? Yeah. In pre season, in friendlies, do they always play their first choice 11? Not all the time. What's the point of that? Well, we're not very good. So, maybe well, we should then. Well, you could argue England aren't very good. Well, I, I, I agree with you. Well, that, well he's doing what your club do. He's doing what every club do. And that's in a pre-season friendly. You try out different players. So you've got Trent right. Trent on the right of a three. Who's in the middle of the three? He's, he's, he's going to go Maguire and he's going to go Gomez. Right, there you're three. All right, wing backs are who? Yeah. He's going to go Mason Mount in the middle. Now, who's the other side? Who's playing the left wing back? Oh, I haven't got that far yet. Well, I'm asking you now. We're this far now. Who's playing the other side? I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if he just to get him in if he puts Rashford on the on the left. He's wing what wing back? He, he absolute rubbish, Trevor. I wouldn't is, be I wouldn't be surprised. He's, he's, he's Trevor, absolute rubbish. We'll never get that time back again. Absolute rubbish. One of the strangest calls. Now Alan Brazil and Ali McQuist were confused as to what Netflix and chill means. Hmm. I think we all know that, don't we? I watch Netflix, but do you know what Netflix means and chill? I think we, we know what chill means. What does Netflix mean? Netflix is is that thing we're watching the telly, is it not? Well, it can't be. No, it can't be. No, no, no. What's Netflix? They're saying the first, the term Netflix and chill. Chill is like we did last night for a few hours. Yeah, Netflix. I get that. If we chill. It's too late to go home and watch Netflix. If you chill, you chill. You just said relax. What's Netflix then? Will someone tell me? What is Netflix apart from. They're trying to embarrass us. Don't put your hands up. You haven't got a clue. Those youngsters in there and try to embarrass us with young terms as if we don't know. Someone tell me what it is. Scott, come on, you need to be better than that. Where's Boy George? Get in here. You must know. (laughs) What does it mean? I I, I get Alan Brazil not knowing what Netflix is, but Ali McCoyce must know what Netflix is. Netflix and chill. That's a phrase that young people use. Is it? <laughs> I've never heard it. Got I've, got, I've got two young kids. 21, 25, 22. I've never, ever heard them say that. Well, what you need to do, just uh, have a word. When you get back tonight, have a word with the boys. Say, do you fancy Netflix and chill tonight, lads? Well, what else here? Can I watch Netflix with a pizza and a bottle of wine? I mean, is that, is that a phrase? <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey! You know what I mean? Is that a phrase? I mean, I'm a 50-year-old man. What's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> Netflix and chill. Yeah. Anyway, we're chilling last night, Alan Brazil. I think you'd enjoy it. Anyway, Netflix and chill, I think you'd really enjoy it with the right person. 
Now, before I go, just to tell you about some live football that's coming up tonight on TalkSport 2 in League 1. It's Fleetwood against Hull, then England's Nations League match against Belgium. That's on Sunday from 5pm on TalkSport. I'm back today from 4pm with Andy Goldstein's Drive Time, so make sure you join me for that. In the meantime, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.